Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do you know any white guys with dreadlocks? Could you be in a cult without even knowing it? And is it possible for science and spirituality to coexist? My wife Allison and I decided to have a coffee date with microphones. And this means I got to ask her silly questions and she did what she normally does, dig down to find the deepest, grittiest stuff she could find. I think it's just a date. It's an opportunity for us to just hang out. And sometimes we are hanging out and we have conversations and they're way more fun than what we've done in the past and probably more insightful and an opportunity for us to not have to be teachers or coaches or guides. And we can just kind of show how damaged and (laughs) (laughs) screwed up we are. That'll be really entertaining <laughs> for some. <laughs> Anybody that has lots of positive projections on us can get set straight, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wrote some things down just as places to start a conversation, okay. but it looks like you have some things to start. I do. I just read my first one. It made me laugh. <laughs> well, that's. I, I was going to talk about white guys with dreadlocks, but it sounds like you've got... <laughs> Something else you'd what like do you, to, what, what would I have to say about white guys? I've always been curious about your, your, yeah, well, we don't have to go there. We could, we, that's a big talk. That's a big conversation. So <laughs> it's a big conversation. It's really deep. <laughs> All right. What do you, what do you have? I see your list over there and I, I see your, you have too. I know yours is better. If you're, yours is better. <laughs> no, it's not necessarily better, but uh, the first one made me laugh. It's that, uh, what's it like knowing you're married to a woman who's going to get Alzheimer's? <laughs> <laughs> Going to? Yeah. <laughs> I've started down the path with my cognitive decline, my memory problems. Uh, what is it like? It's um, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is stressful. It I do is. I do worry about your brain. Yeah. How do you worry? Is it well, more rooted in your own? Your own. But your is it more rooted in your own? Like, oh, my life is gonna suck, or is it? You actually worry about me. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's unfortunately, it's I just worry about me. Yeah. Well, I, I my assumption is that if you have Alzheimer's, you're not really worried about much. So you're, I, or you're, you know, you kind of forget it every few minutes or something. I, I don't know. I don't really understand Alzheimer's in that way, but. You're starting to. I'm starting to. <laughs> do you think you're really going to have it? I think I'm a good candidate for it. Yeah, <sighs> I actually do. Because my grandmother had it and and uh, I I just have heard that it's just, like it's hereditary. You can get it. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't studied it either. So I don't know. I'd have to learn. But I'm pretty sure if you have somebody in your family that had it, you're more likely it's to have it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, great. Yeah, so let's kick yeah, it off the conversation strong. <laughs> so, <I'm gonna> go. <laughs> why don't you pick one of your questions? <laughs> um, I've always, I've never asked you what posters you had on your wall growing up. Posters I had on my wall growing up. 
Did you go through like a boy band phase or anything like that? I didn't ever have a boy band on my wall. I had a, I had a BMW M3 on my wall. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. What? How did that get on your wall? I have wall? no idea. So you, it wasn't even, even by choice. Somebody gave you a poster, oh, and you're like, "When I was growing up, my parents, I was like the, I was like the restore of the you, family. Like if they didn't want something, they'd be like, here, isn't it great?'" <laughs> so you had an M3. I had an M3. That was kind of all I had on my wall. I didn't have. I'm trying to think. What about when you like? Okay, I'm a teenager. I am my own person. This is my room now, and I'm going to claim it. Well, so, <laughs> um, I mean, anybody that went, if you're talking about teenagers. So when I was a teenager and I was at home, the BMW M3 was the only thing I had on my wall. Cause they're my, so sad. I, well, my, one whole wall of my room was like bookshelves. So I had, there was just a bunch of shit on, like, it wasn't just it wasn't just books, but there was like, whatever, I don't know, you, whatever, horses and, and old dolls or, that's not me, I don't have my phone That up was here. totally you. I don't have my phone up here. You that know me, so... I don't take my phone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just leave it wherever I am and I have to hear all of your <laughs> Your phone is right there. It wasn't it though, that was somebody else. All right, so you didn't. You had a boring wall. I had a boring wall. You didn't go through and then puberty. I, when I was a kid. I had I put stars all over my ceiling, and so that just stayed when I was a teenager. And then when I was an older teenager, like I'm gonna have my own identity. I went away to boarding school, and the walls in boarding school were like they weren't drywall. It was like yeah, concrete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you couldn't. You really couldn't hang. They had those sticky things, mm. and I don't remember if I put. Oh, I do remember. Actually, I did. Uh, I had ski magazines. I was really into oh, skiing, okay. so um, I they you'd have these gummy, you know, like mm-hmm. it looked like gum, and you could use that to hang stuff. And I would rip, <laughs> I would tear things out of the ski magazines, so like beautiful mountains, you know, snow, big deep, you know snow and and deep carvings yeah, people, so no john stamos or I, I just figured you were like you're a horny teenage face and you had <laughs> no, boys on I your wall never had anything like that on my wall <laughs> i mean anybody that knew me from boarding school please call me out if i'm missing something but i'm pretty sure it was all skiing it was all downhill skiing wow and um bmws and skiing sounds <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a dude pretty privileged <laughs> Sounds pretty privileged. What? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> when you spin it like that, <laughs> I was, I was, um, I was a big fan of skiing. I skied a lot. All right, that was one. I, was, I thought that would be more interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry you can't tease me about the boy bands or anything. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. What's your question? You got you your turn. Well, what did you have on your walls? You had you had Ferraris on your walls, didn't you? I was a I was you definitely had women a, on your walls too. Well, that was the thing. That was um, I was definitely in the car surfing. I you know got into surfing and there's a lot of pictures of surfing on the wall. And then I was I was un, uh, unashamed to have pictures of girls on my wall, like <laughs> swimsuit the the uh, Sports Illustrated yeah Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue came out uh-huh. and it was just that was my I just plastered my wall with <laughs> girls in bikinis was it like Chrissy Ir- Chrissy Ireland or Christy uh, what was her name I don't know but you know who I'm talking about yeah. and then yeah her or yeah. was it like the older what was Cheryl Teagues was kind of older no, I don't think she I think she'd moved on by that point but uh, yeah so yeah. who was your who was you? Who who yeah. did you? Who did you? Uh, El McPherson. Who did you jack off to the most? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I was never like looking up at my wall and pleasuring myself. Oh come on! I don't. Uh, no, it wasn't like no. So what do you do? You walk in your room and just be by being in. It was in just like, is this a with, wonderful place with nude women? It just helped you get aroused, and then you were like, "Hey, I got an idea! I'll stare just, at my pillow." It was just <laughs> awesome. It was just like, "Isn't this a great place? We've got cars and surfing and beautiful women, and this just feels right." <laughs> you know, the more I hear of this story, the more that I think of you, how hard you've tried to align your life to be like this. <laughs> 
It wasn't. It wasn't like it needed to be arousing. It was just like, yeah, this space feels. This feels good. <laughs> you say that every time we drive to the beach and you see women in bikinis, you're like, this is just right. Well, isn't it? It just feels. <laughs> this is. You know that you're living in a right, the right place when people are willing to be naked, <laughs> and they they're just comfortable walking around well, without clothes about, on. We talked about mirror neurons. Yeah. And. You know, when we've lived in places like Boulder and it's like there's this high achiever energy and mm-hmm. never enough and yeah. never rest and get right. going. And, right, more, more, more. And even the spiritual side of it was like, suffer more. You right. must sit and stare <laughs> well, at the wall longer. How well can I do it? How, how much can I And like, you're just trying to relax and have a nice afternoon and you're watching everybody grind away. And it's like, oh, this sucks. And then you move to a place where there's a beach and you're like, oh, yeah, this, <laughs> let's just get naked and hang out. It's like, this is, this, yes, this feels much better. <laughs> My people, even at a young age, I remember a, a buddy of mine, He, his dad had um, Playboys. Mm. And uh, he pulled the move like he didn't think his dad would notice if he stole all the centerfolds out of them. <laughs> and we had a, we had a quote fort out in the woods. <laughs> what was the, you said quote fort, so what was it really? It was really just a fallen tree, mm-hmm. but somehow it, it enabled us to have a little kind of Thing to lean up again. Yeah. yeah. And we had it all lined up with the centerfolds. Oh, wow. I remember he, he put them all the We just kind of stood there like, this feels great. Yeah. Just yeah. like, this, this, this is, this good. This is nice. So, but <laughs> well, the, we, we all now know your sexual preference. <laughs> well, the, the, but I just remember like the parents obviously found out about it, but we, I was baffled when my mom, bra- you know, she was like, so I heard that, uh, what's going on at your fort? And there's girls, pictures of girls. And I was like, <gasps> How did you know? Was it really only like 20 feet from the house? It was house just or across something? the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, oh I love man. how kids think that they're just like, No one's ever yeah, going to come over here. Yeah, see me. Which had to be humiliating for the dad to know that right. everybody. It was his it, it playboys. Was his stash and his, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember, it was, you know, and it wasn't just me. It was like two or three of my buddies and we all just like, yeah, this is the fort. This feels right. <laughs> we, there was no culture that was beating us into that. It was just like, right. yeah, she'd be around beautiful naked women. <laughs> it was just testosterone, baby. Yeah. A lot of that. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> how's it going? How's the how's this going? It's going all right. How are you doing? <laughs> I was just looking at the walls in here. We it's got a lot of your spiritual it's stuff. Well. Yeah, I mean, we could take that down and put some, <laughs> <laughs> put some, put some images of racetracks up and bands. We could take some totems down and. That's what you have in your office and in your bedroom now is racetracks and bands and I don't have a any, little bit of Alex Gray. I don't have any um, any naked girls though. So. I just you have pictures have of you. I have pictures girl. of you naked. Easy, on the wall mm-hmm. for our daughter to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Is that no. like on the inside of your closet door? I just wanted to see if you freak out. <laughs> All right, your turn. <sighs> okay. I really want you to do the the car chases. When you when you watch car chases on TV, you watch the police car chases, but then you narrate them like Top Gear, <laughs> where you talk about the car. You're like, you know, you really get to know how a car can handle <laughs> when you watch a police car chase. You do. You learn a lot so about a car. I really wanted you to, to play a car chase like now or, oh. you know, at some point. Play a car chase, and then you can describe what's happening, mm. what the car is, and then, and then you can be like, "Oh, look at the front torque!" You like you do it all the time at home and in our. Well, home. it is amazing. I'm always amazed. Like you think you're gonna get away in that, like you think that's gonna work. Like it's right, it's, but you, the way that you the kind weight of watch distribution and react in that vehicle it. is <laughs> just wrong. The horsepower, you've got no torque. You've got no. It's just except for you've watched those videos and also you've been like, wow, that's a pretty good car. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> like, been some there's good cars. Certain cars that yeah. you're really impressed by. So yeah. I thought that could be kind of a fun series. Like you just pick. Like, it made today, me want to buy it when I was like, we're doing that's, the, that's yeah. handling really well. Yeah, a, today we're gonna get the the Ford. <laughs> Frontier I mean, they're going to beat the shit out of truck. this guy when they pull him out of the car, but that car did really well. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's yeah. a good, yeah. Okay. So, All right. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. I don't think it'll be anywhere near as funny. Oh, it would be so good. Though. Do you, how many friends do you have in cults? 
what? <laughs> How many friends do I have presently in cults? Or, or have, have been, been in cults? Do, you, in do cults? you know any friends? Yeah, I know people that have been in cults. Me too. <laughs> Is that one of your questions? I just you need to ask a different. You need to ask it in a different way so it creates a conversation. Oh. That's a yes or no question. No, it was a number question. Count how many, how many people? Yeah. Oh man. Um. Well, do you I don't include? Have to. Do I include clients? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. You have that I number jumps if I'm I include trying clients. To, I'm trying to think if I've coached anybody in a cult. I've I've coached people that have been in cults for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's very common. It's a lot more common than you think. Yeah. Well, you know, I think culture, um, <laughs> Here we go. I care, be careful with my words. I was getting ready to say, I think culture cool in that way. <laughs> what I meant to say, the reason I meant it, mean to say that is because they're all of them typically offer something to the person that is genuinely, um, helpful in some way right it, or at least it starts out that way that's like really rad self-development or or There's lots of very cool helpful. belonging or yeah something really genuinely um beneficial and 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 a lot of what that gets offered is also often genuinely good stuff like it's mm -hmm. genuinely good material in terms of personal development material. So, but then it gets it goes off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it gets really, really weird and yeah, creepy yeah. and ugly. The whole fight club thing, the first two acts, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Let's fight this. Right. Let's, let's take our lives back. Wait a second. Right. What, Wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> what is, what's happening? <laughs> we lost the plot. That's a lot like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So. Have you yeah. ever come close to getting Never. sucked in? Never. No. It's, I think... I don't know. I think it's just I, maybe that's the luck of being an introvert. I don't. I'm not sure, but it's just like anything. If there's if people are kind of get into group mind, group think, gaga over a thing, I start to lean back. Yeah. Like there's just something about that that starts to creep me out. Ken Wilber was like that. I mean, all respect to him and all that he's done for many many folks and their intelligence, but an understanding of things. But I I. I remember, you know, working for him and, and being, I mean, the people that would come around him and would want to be just in his proximity to him felt cult-like. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't doing a thing. He wasn't actively doing anything to do any, anything cult-like. He just, you know, would use his smarts and shared it, shared that, but but um, it's amazing that people want to step into that. People, it's not like they have to be that coerced was, to do it. They want to. They want, yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm sure people have done loads of studies on this. I have not studied it that much, but there's got to be a thing around proximity to, to you know, if somebody's offering something really good, right? Think of it as light, like proximity to light. Like they want moths to light or something. Mm -hmm. They want to be close to that source or the power or the thing that makes them feel good or the thing that makes them so special or the thing that helps them feel like they're really um, evolving. I mean, I think in Ken's case, it was there was a lot of smugness around the people that knew and understood Integral and people that didn't. And You're talking about me at this point, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you and a lot of other people. I, know, um, I remember that. Yeah, so, was, that was that was part of the hook, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, look how smart yeah, we look are. Yeah, look how smart we are. We get to, we hang out with the genius. So, yeah. so, yeah. I always get a little wigged out around folks when you talk about groupthink. I'm the same way that it's when they they it's difficult to go through a conversation without them saying you know, teacher X or person X, they, they keep referring yeah. that he says, or she says this yeah. over and it's like, okay, let's, where, what mean, happened to your thinking? What happened yeah. to your autonomy? And it's, it's, it's okay to be referential, but it's yeah. another thing. It was just, to, it's like, here's the, like so-and-so says X and it, it's, it has a weight of this is the word, you know, yeah. this, this is the way kind of thing. And I like, always, I yeah. just might, I get tingly around that and it's like, uh oh, yeah, we're heading down the road here. Yeah, and I mean, I I I I think I feel that way about everything that's not even cult stuff too. I mean, I, I think about I think about Buddhism 
All right. And I, I mean, I went to a Buddhist university and was really not, I didn't, it wasn't a primary reason that I wanted to go to that university, but it was a huge, I mean, it was like a Buddhist university. So I was going to be you, doing, like, you some, guys need to back off this I Buddhism. was going to be doing some mindfulness <laughs> and learning about some shit. And so, and I remember really after, you know, practicing a certain number of whatever days or years or whatever it was really, and, and having enough of the, um, that tight Buddhist teachings in my field of really getting like, oh my God, this is actually so helpful. <laughs> this is so helpful. Mm. But I also remember people like trying to have conversations with them and essentially them just wanting to be a meditation teacher in the moment. Like think, think like how Pema Chodron would talk to you about anything that you're ha that's going on for your life. She would turn it into some sort of teaching around like, yeah, it's going to be, it's all groundless and you're going to have to work with your discomfort around that. And, and, and I remember feeling like, Oh, this is, this sucks. Like, mm. I just want to talk. Where's the person? Where's the person? And, and, and it's not, none of that's wrong. Like they, whatever they were sharing was actually accurate. It would be genuinely helpful. Well, I think that's what we're speaking so, to is it's kind of creepy when the, when, when the more we get into something, <clears throat> when the more like we get into something, we lose ourselves. Or? We lose our essential self. We lose yeah. the part of us that is genuinely us and we just become a parrot. We're parroting what we've heard or parroting what we've read. And it's it's like, well, where'd you go? And I always appreciate about, I mean, we've been around, we've had a few Zen quote masters in mm -hmm. our lives and mm -hmm. we've had them into the house and they- sure drank with us. So yeah, I mean, the, those are the best. Because that's what Zen masters do. Those are do. the best ones. <laughs> Zen masters drink. Look it up. Um, but yeah, they, they could, I guess they go through that phase. Maybe they drop it and just come back to being, they're able to be themselves yeah. and be a, be a regular guy on the street and drop the whole ascensionism thing. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, because I, I wanted to speak to what you were saying before you talked about having Zen masters in our home, but it was like, I get that when it's happening for a person, you talked about them losing their, their sort of core self or essential self. And, and I think that these are the, like, these are the tools that help them come around or come back to their essential self or find their true self. And so they want to maybe share it because it's really helping them or even as they're actively talking about it, it's, they're actively like trying to you know, work it in themselves or whatever. And so I'm thinking like, well, maybe it's not their loss. Not, maybe it's not more nuanced. Like they're not always just completely lost, although there's plenty that are, but maybe it's just they're, they're actively practicing whatever they've been inoculated into and in the name of finding it, finding themselves. And cause I, I mean, you think about Junpo, he was somebody that could totally dish it out, but he was so street. He was so, he, it just, he landed. And I feel like that must have come on the other side. And I, this is why I think cults get, um, cults are what they are, is because they're sort of like, oh, if I do this enough, then on the other side, I'll find myself or I'll find whatever, uh, whatever, enlightenment or, mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever, mm -hmm. peace or whatever it is. Um, and so- but but he was a great example because he wasn't he was very much himself all the time and he could still you know throw down some good teachings too. Yeah, <clears throat> I remember on a retreat with him, he uh, you'd, you'd go and you'd have time with the teacher, mm. and I remember I walked in there and I was just kind of expecting this to be a pretty stiff ordeal because you know he could be such an intimidating yeah. guy. Yeah, and uh, sat down and was just looking at him and he's like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this a trick? That's and you're so going to hit great. me again. He'd already hit me once that day with the, with the, with the stick. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to act right now. I don't want to get hit. I loved you know? him. Yeah, he was great. All right. Well, it's your turn. I really would like to know about the arc, your arc. Oh, boy. Are you paying attention to me? Because you're looking, looking at, at your phone. No, I'm looking at my questions. Oh, okay. Okay. You want um, to know my arc? The arc, no, the arc of your spiritual faith, because you don't, I don't, I don't see you as a person that has quote faith. 
in pretty much well, <laughs> How would you spiritual. define, what is that? That's a big word. What's faith? faith? Yeah. How, well, how would you, you define it? Because well, the question is for you. <clears throat> I think faith requires, I think the, the essence of faith is it requires us to believe in something we can't see or touch or it, we can't use the senses mm-hmm. to validate. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so it's a sense of, I know it's there. The faith is, I know it's there, but I can't show it to you or I can't... Um, can't prove it. Right. And so what, how would you define like your spiritual beliefs or, or like theology? Like, how would you just, cause there are, I say belief because there's a lot, there's a camp of folks out there that are like, belief has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that you might be one of those people. It's like, it doesn't have, it's, it's not about believing or any, in a thing or not. Mm. So I think that's changed. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking. So I'm asking about the arc of your, of like, where did you start and what happened? Because you have had an arc since just in the 20 years that I've been with you. I mean, you're, so to to just like define a couple of anchoring points, like you have been a practitioner of of sitting meditation, mindfulness meditation or Vipassana meditation. I don't know what type of, if you have want to call it a particular lineage, but you sit, you have a sitting practice. Mm-hmm. You meditate every day. You've meditated pretty much every day for the entirety of my knowing you, including the very first weekend I met you, you sat every day. You still do that. So that's, but you don't call yourself a Buddhist. No. And you, um, have had, we've had experience, I've had experiences of you where um, I don't think that you're like, it, it occurs to me that you're like sort of toying with, I'm not atheism, but there's sort of this thing around like, what the hell? This is all, it's all science. <laughs> and, and then, and then you, and then there's I the one of you that I've always known that I've just, also fallen deeply in love with is is the one who has a a deep devotion to something greater call it great mystery call it whatever divine energy i don't know what you would call it cuz mm-hmm. you think a lot of those words are fluff and silly but but um i'm just curious like you you it seems like you have for a while you had a you it was like either science or spirit. And now it seems like you're, you've evolved into having a more, like you're willing to acknowledge that there's more than just living human to human. um, Yeah. Well, I I mean, I, um, I, I, so if I if I go back I, I, from a very early age, I had a sense of an otherness. I can I can I can look back and it's, see that it's always been there. And but I I grew up in a culture in a southern rural town where there were more churches than almost houses, mm-hmm. and we didn't go to church. So I grew up with kids telling me I was going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so this this notion of that kind of world where there was this, you know, punitive. Yeah, it was just it was just foreign and crazy to me, mm-hmm. and also really confusing. Um, but that was what spirituality was. I didn't know anything else. I didn't know about Buddhism. I didn't know about any other kind of practice. It was just. That was it. If you were spiritual, it meant that you believed in this heaven and hell and a guy with a white beard up in the cloud that judged you or gave mm. you salvation kind of thing. Mm. So I just was ignorant. Mm. And that didn't fit for me. I had a, I had trouble with it. My mom took her life, so that meant she was in hell. If I, if I, right, if, if you subscribe to that. If I subscribed to that, that was, uh, that was there. And also I was really scared of an afterlife because I didn't want to see her again. Mm. I was so pissed off at her and so hurt by her. So it was this idea of like, how about we don't believe in this afterlife? Mm. And that gave, that worked, that worked. But it was also condemning of anything, quote, spiritual. But I felt this huge hole Mm -hmm. in me and I struggled with it. And it was, um, 
you know, as a musician and some, you know, my artsy fartsy ways, I, I, I worked with, that was a lot of what I talked about. And in I always your, envied, in your lyrics. You mean, yeah. And I always envied people that had that. I was like, God, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, but I can't get there. I can't, I can't do the algebra in my head to get there. And when you said I couldn't do the algebra in your head to get there, was it still even still rooted in, cause you're talking about lyrics. So you're talking about this happened when at an early age and now you're talking about I'm in my in 20s. Your music, you're in your twenties. And so, so when you say I still couldn't get there, is it still rooted in that early or. kind of yeah, yeah. propaganda around like yeah. I'm gonna see her again and she'll be in hell or well, whatever? Well, I, I let go of that 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 part I let go of, and I think it was somewhere like after I dealt with a, a all a bunch of that grief and done a bunch of therapy and had like a huge ass kicking that I I got really curious and I started reading things. I started on this path and I allowed myself to be, I don't know if I would call myself a seeker at that point, but I was definitely into metaphysics and okay, there's a whole other world here and I've been living in a tiny shoebox and I don't want to live in a shoebox anymore. And we're back to Ken. I think, I think yeah. it was Ken's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book called marriage of sense and soul. And I read that and, you know, essentially what he was pointing out was that it, the, it, a true spiritual tradition is anchored in seeking the truth, mm-hmm. and science is anchored in seeking, is anchored the, truth. In seeking yes. the truth. And he healed that mm-hmm. in that book. And he mm-hmm. was like, "There's healthy versions of this. There's unhealthy versions mm-hmm. of this on both sides. Mm-hmm. There's there's ways to do that." And so he was pointing to what is healthy. What does a healthy version of this look like? Well, they're they're both seeking truth in, in our interiors, our interior world, and also kind of the stuff that we can measure. I read, I think I finished reading that like one in the morning and I couldn't sleep that night. That's amazing. Cause that's a thick book. Well, or I didn't, no, wait, I didn't I'm read thinking the whole of thing in one day, oh, but okay. yeah, SES was a monster, but the, um, but that marriage of sense of soul, like it was like, okay, I don't have to do this algebra anymore. Mm-hmm. I, there's room for all of this. And I think for a long time, if he talks about the three faces of God, the three faces of God are like, you know, there's the God in creation like we, mm-hmm. we see a beautiful sunset or the ocean mm-hmm. or nature or the stars mm-hmm. in the sky of mm-hmm. course divine mm-hmm. wow it's in the it's of mm-hmm. the world of course and then there was room for it in the eye what i might experience sitting on a cushion and going into an altered state and experiencing god in that realm but i didn't have a vow there was the there was the who do i pray to yeah. or who do i yes. say and that's largely our culture is we pray to mm-hmm. a god mm-hmm. and we have a relationship with god so there was still this hole there mm-hmm. and i couldn't that one still was even after limits. reading that absolutely uh-huh yeah, because that was still all where all the cultural garbage was. Uh-huh. Was yeah. this guy? There was right. a guy that you're gonna right, and you're gonna do it this way too. And he's he's your kind of your you know your your he's gonna make all your wishes come true if you get it right. And he's gonna he was it was kind of a drama triangle thing, which I hated too. It was like mm-hmm. somehow he was gonna you were the bad guy if you did this thing, and and or he was gonna save you if you did that thing. I was like, this just felt awful to me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't buy that, mm-hmm. and that's just that's me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for a long time, my spiritual world gave room for the I aspect of the divinity within me, the divinity within you and all the people that we meet. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And the divinity in all things, mm-hmm. all of creation mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I, that was it. But I I still really missed the- Yeah, the unseen. The un, well, just the, the, the actual relationship with. Yes. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, you, you just stopped what happened. <laughs> You're just like, and goodbye. We're stopping now. <laughs> well, this is the, this is the part that is a big, um, th- this is relatively new for me. So that the next part, I don't, I don't know how much I want to share okay. there. I, I respect that. But yeah. the, the experience you and I had, we had an experience a year ago. Mm-hmm. It was death. Okay. Rebirth. And um, I got my ass handed to me big time. Uh-huh. And but what did that, how did that impact your relationship with like the I thou relationship versus I it or I you or I me? Mm. I'm going to tell this, but I might yes, not share it. Totally fine. So that, that experience rippled, as you know, for weeks, mm. months, months, even. Yeah. 
And, but in the, in the first few days, I really struggled. I really even struggled with like what was real, like yeah. what, what yeah. realm yeah. I was in, even though I was yeah. able to drive a car and whatever, there was just like, yes, yeah. close my eyes. And it was like, Oh, Whoa. Yeah. Here we're, you know, and, um, I, there was some crazy shit happening in my experience and, um, I asked for help. I got down on my knees and I asked for help and I got it and it was there. And so what happened for you when you, in that moment for all, after all those years, when you were like, I can't do this part and then suddenly needs must. I think I was so afraid that I would be let down if I asked for help, which is a core wound. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> so to to expose myself and say, please help me, mm-hmm. and not even know who I'm right. asking. You were available. You were available to help me, but that wasn't the help That's that I not needed. What you needed, yeah. And um, but I um, having feeling that, like actually feeling it, and I had an experience of this even the other night. Um. But having a, an actual experience of being held mm-hmm. and loved mm-hmm. and cared for. A direct felt A direct experience. felt experience. Yeah. Um, shifted everything. And I don't know how to make sense of it. And I have mm-hmm. to just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's so you, I, I'm not a, <clears throat> an atheist. I don't think I'd ever be, I'd ever call myself an atheist, but I can't make sense of the experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. Of being supported there, and this this is I, I'm speaking as somebody who doesn't feel like I can be supported. Right, I'm aware. I get accused of this from my friends <laughs> and your wife. <laughs> so it's it's mind boggling to me uh-huh. to yeah, feel supported. That's usually what mystical experiences are for people. Yeah. It's awe inspiring and mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. mind boggling doesn't make any sense, and it's like, well, it's going to go away at any moment. It's going to yeah. it's going to disappear, and I'll be abandoned again. <gasps> Yeah. That kind of thing. So, but that, <clears throat> I had that experience and it was, it was shocking how it was so close the whole time. If that makes any sense. That makes a ton of sense to me. It was, it was right that there. experience was right there mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like such a moron. <laughs> And I bawled, I bawled and I cried my yeah. eyes out and I just was like, I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so, of course, the, it's not about it was that. there it was yeah. there was just utter yeah. forgiveness and acceptance yeah, yeah. and just like laughing like it's totally cool <laughs> you're not There's hurting me time is a construct on our you're, end you're not you're not hurting me yeah you just kind of fucked yourself that's exactly but right. it was um it was really just my own sadness that i i pushed it away but i don't know if there was anything i could have done differently but i think that brutal experience my intention going into that was open me up to love like open me up to live with an open heart and boy do you the means by which you got there was pretty brutal (laughs) i think i was expecting love and light just to be blasted with it and it was like no we're gonna shove you into the deepest darkest most horrible place you could go Mm -hmm. so that you the only way out is to crawl out on your knees asking for help Because you're not going to get out of here not, alone. Yeah, you're you're this you're you're you because you're you. <laughs> and I can look back on that experience now, but at the time it didn't make any sense and it was confounding for weeks. What the fuck did I do? Yeah. And but now it makes it can make sense through that lens mm-hmm. that I would have an experience that would be so intense and so horrible that there was no way that I could get out of it by myself. Yeah, and there was no way that I could get out of it with. All of your a therapist and your all of your ways, all of my friends and you. Like it, it was mm-hmm. just in the, the you know even working with professionals to help mm-hmm. me integrate after that session was still just like nope, we're not getting there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it was nope. There's the only way out of this is you're on your knees. Yeah, not in a punitive way. No, but that yeah. was just like I've tried everything yeah. else. And it's it going to be the, through love. You the, have to you have to go through love. The only door was yeah. you're on your knees, and I was like, man, I cannot believe this. <laughs> It was so, it was just the, it was just so unbelievable. Mm. So unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And still is. I just laugh like that. It was the, just the 180 degrees from what I thought was 
where things are going and you know just any any ounce of hubris just gets squashed just mm-hmm. It's destroyed. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Are you speaking about my hubris yes. in particular? <laughs> speaking about your hubris in particular. <laughs> Thank y'all. <laughs> Whoever did that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, what do you so think? So, I still practice. Like, that's yeah. part of my practice now. Is that. Mm-hmm. That relating. So relating. do you, so when you say you still practice, you mean you still practice relating with the unseen, relating with the that energy that yeah. Uh, and it feels if I have to. There's another. I just have to manage these parts in the boardroom of my brain that are like eye rolling. Mm-hmm. But it 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 calms my system. Yeah, and it calms my being. Yeah, to have a relationship with Absolutely. the unseen, to have yeah. a I have a. I talk to you and I listen to you and we relate. And mm-hmm. even though it's just so uncool to these other parts of me that are want to have all the answers and, you know, all the, all the rational stuff, I just mm-hmm. can't deal with that. Yeah. And it's, it's like, whatever, it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't care. But that yeah. was, that was, um, it was shocking that that was the, the doorway that presented itself. Yeah. Very dark room. What do you think would happen if you did that experience again? Fuck. I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot because it was a year ago this week. Mm. So it's been on my mind. It's actually spooked me. Do you go through things like every, like if on the anniversaries, like you kind of relive the. Yeah, somatically. Yeah. I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I've been going through that this week. So uh, what would happen if we, well, I don't have any desire to do that again. I'm just thinking, I'm just, the question is, what do you, what do you think would happen based on your I'm, journey I couldn't, from fuck no. where you've been? I don't know. It? I have no idea what would happen. Would you want the love and light experience again? <laughs> I'd know better than to ask for it. That was just complete surrenders. Like there's just no... Who the fuck am I to ask for anything? <laughs> like, there's just like, yeah. and even, I had a dream last night. <clears throat> I had a dream last night where I was part of a group of men and we were, it felt like we were going on like a men's retreat to another country. And before we were supposed to go off somewhere, we met in a restaurant or whatever. And then I was isolated from the rest of the men for some reason. Nobody spoke English. And I was sitting at a bar like in a restaurant and somebody came in, st- in front of me and held like there was a container, almost like a, like a side, a little bit bigger than a pint of ice cream and placed this container in front of me. And I was just like, okay. And then he somehow it had little windows or whatever. And it had this creature. It wasn't a snake, but it was like a giant bug, like a, like a giant centipede or something with all of these things. Mm-hmm. And somehow the container was getting bigger and revealing more of the, the creature inside. And he's just looking at me like, here we go, motherfucker. And I was like, God damn, again? Like, are we going through this? And somebody in the back was talking about separation and here, you know, it's kind of right of passage lingo I'm hearing in the background. And I just remember being like, oh my God, we're doing this again. Like, like, I don't know what this bug meant, this freaky thing, but it was, it, it felt like people were, whatever this group was, was trying to intimidate me, hmm. maybe even menace me a little bit, hmm. but I felt like it was just a like relaxing of like, okay. Like I didn't feel a defensive part of me. Like I, in the dream, I was just relaxing and like, hmm. okay. Even yeah. with the bug. The bug was so freaking weird. It was giant. Like it was the size of a snake, but it was a bug with all these crazy things and stuff. And it was wow. gross. And I just was like, but I, in the dream, I was working with my nervous system. Be like, okay, this is it. This mm. is, this is what's happening. Mm. You've been isolated. You've been singled out. You're being kind of menaced and these guys are intimidating you. And, and this is part of whatever's happening. Mm. How did the dream end? I think the next thing I knew I had a job somewhere and Tucker Carlson was um, wearing a wig. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're, 
at his job and he was starting. I don't know why I had a job, but I had a job and I had all these air model airplanes on my desk and I had to, I was trying to take care of all the model airplanes and he was over next, like in the next thing over in front of a mirror and he was putting on a gray wig and people were attending to him. And I was just like, like, (laughs) the truth, things around, things around what you need to navigate to get to the truth. And then there's the world. And then there was a leggy, I I will say this, there was a, 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 a young woman with beautiful long legs. She was blonde and she was helping me carry my model airplanes out. I was leaving. And that was the end of the dream. <laughs> that was last night? That was last night. Wow. How did you feel when you woke up? I just remember, I, well, it's confused. It was also, I, well, I woke up again and I was like, is this part of the, the of just like weird shit mm-hmm. happening because of the anniversary of that, mm-hmm. that event? Or is this, I, and another part of me was like, fuck, is another thing coming at this point? Like, it was just like, I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of it mm-hmm. or if I should sweat it. But that was this morning. <clears throat> and then going downstairs and get bit by a puppy. Get bit by a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did that answer your question about the arc? Um, yeah. I, it's it's interesting to hear. I, I love what you said. I'm thankful for that. And I hope that you don't edit it out because it's actually really, really beautiful and powerful. Um, and the the thing that you just named, like in with the dream, sounds so like what you were saying, like oh, is this just reverberation, somatic, you know, kind of psyche leftovers from a year ago event, or is that is something coming down the pike, or is this just even how you're orienting to what that was? And I don't, I'm not one to say how to orient to what it was in the dream, but but that sort of ruthless, it almost sounds ruthless. Like you're on your own, you're isolated, you're some rite of passage, you're going to get potentially annihilated again. (laughs) And then, and um, the difference, the thing that has been, feels like it has been integrated is where you, in the dream, you were like, all right, okay. And which was a year ago, you were like, no. (laughs) Well, I was not at peace in the dream. It was more like, damn it. You know, it was like, fuck, I really don't want to go through another, you know, it was, it wasn't, I wasn't like, okay, here we go. But it was like, all right. And do you, are you interpreting that making meaning in some way? Because before you, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you don't want to. I, again, I don't, I I can look at it and just, and just, okay. That was, that, that happened. Uh Uh-huh. If you had to interpret it, though, would you feel like... <laughs> it sounds like you want to interpret well, it. Well, I'm curious because I just feel curious. You were like, I don't want to. And so... Well, I, I just have a lot of respect for... I don't want to I don't want to fuck around. I don't want to fuck with... Poke the skunk or anything. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I realized my hubris could get me into... I wondered if trouble. that was how you were interpreting it, actually. It was like, <sighs> oh, I've separated enough from... All that happened Fuck to no. where I need a reminder or something. No, I feel like that ass whipping is around every corner. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Do you want to do you? No, uh, I don't. I don't. I really don't like interpreting people's dreams. I don't think that that's fair to them or, or anything. And I don't, yeah. I don't presume to know anything either. It's your, it's your dreams. So when I think about, I guess, I guess my question is more like when you connect with this other energy, I'll just say, say it like that other otherness. I don't know what you want to call it that you weren't, you had no relationship with. And now on the other side of the experience you had a year ago, you now have a relationship with it. Mm. Like feeling your connection to that if their dream meant something, how would you want to turn towards it with that backing or holding or support or whatever you want I to I feel say? like I am supported through that, even through annihilation. Like it's not going to save me. This, the vow is not going to save me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The vow is not going to protect me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. I, that's the part I don't feel like. I, like I can call on the this entity and say, protect me, save me from this. 
Mm-hmm. It would be more like, I'll be here with you. Through it. As you are annihilated or as you are mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt completely alone in the, when I was in that. There was, I mean, there wasn't even a me. I, it was gone. Just all of that gone. So I, I just, all of this, that's, that's why I'm hesitant to, to talk about this because mm-hmm. it's so unclear. Yeah. And so unrevealed and feels like it could be gone. It could be gone. Even though it's, I'm felt it my whole life. Mm-hmm. It feels like it could just mm-hmm. snap, be a snap away and be gone somehow, somehow mm-hmm. be gone. Like it, it's just such a new, it's so hard to describe. And that's why I don't really like trying to describe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're also in territory that can't be described. So yeah. That's why it just feels ridiculous trying to put words to the mm-hmm. experience or even to this. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to ask me that. You know- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just part one. I mean, I oh, want to ask you more I about was, it. Okay. All but right. um, this is supposed, supposed to be kind of fun, and I, I forgot. I forgot for you do dating. <laughs> I forgot how you do dates, which is like grill. <laughs> I wasn't trying to grill you. It's grill just, a it's just what's interesting to me. I don't. What am I going to talk to you about? Like what? What brand of shirt do you like? What model airplane do you want to build next? What wig do you want to get? What girls did you have on your wall growing up? What girls did you have on the wall growing up? <laughs> well, you're stuck with me. You married it. All right. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> don't there's your yeah, don't have dinner or lunch with Allison unless you don't you're not willing to go there. <laughs> I'll think of ways to be more You get to be exactly so as you are. I don't intense. want anything to change. Just know it's got, it might come back. Oh, oh. Well, oh. I don't. I don't have to answer anything. Okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Good date. Good date. <laughs> Bye. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use, so that others can discover the show more easily.